Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you that you always have more love, more life, and more light to bring forth to us from your holy word. So we pray now for the leading and the guidance of your Holy Spirit so that that might happen. Help us to know what your love requires. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God is love. We love to sing about this in our hymns. Scripture reveals it to us in 1 John 4. But what exactly does that mean? God is love. I mean, after all, love is a very fuzzy word, isn't it? It can mean ten things to ten different people. It is in the life of Jesus that God's love comes into clear and beautiful focus. It's no longer fuzzy. God's love accepts us as we are, but never leaves us there. Love invites us without compelling us. Love guides without controlling. Love confronts, but never humiliates. Love is strong, but never violent. Love is gentle, but never soft. Love is self-giving, even to the point of death on a cross. And after the resurrection, we know that God's love never ends. And Jesus teaches us that this love, this divine love, is the very fulfillment of all 613 of the commandments in the Hebrew Scriptures. And sharing this love with God and with neighbor and with self is the supreme purpose of our lives. And it is the beautiful focus of our gospel reading today. In our story today in the Gospel of John, we're in the upper room with Jesus and his disciples on their very last night together. Flickering oil lamps give their faces a golden glow. And it's in this golden light that Jesus now gets up from the table, takes off his robe, pours water into a basin, and washes the dirty, tired feet of his disciples. Even the feet of Judas, the one who is about to betray him. Jesus loves them all to the very end. But when he gets to Peter, Peter won't hear of it. Peter says, you will never wash my feet. 
and we can only wonder why. Maybe he thinks messiahs don't do this. Maybe he is bewildered. Maybe he is embarrassed. Maybe he just doesn't want to be out of control like we're going to feel out of control later on. But Jesus says to him, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And with Peter, there's no going halfway with anything. And so he responds, Lord, not just my feet, but also my hands and my head. Wash me all. Wash me clean. It's after Jesus has washed Peter's feet and after Judas has slipped out to betray him that Jesus now shares his new commandment. It's precisely when his little community seems to be falling apart that Jesus chooses to share with them and to tell them, love each other as I have loved you. Now, it's not in telling them to love each other that makes this commandment new. After all, Leviticus 19 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What makes Jesus' commandment new are the next five words, as I have loved you. That's what's new and radical and revolutionary and world transforming. You see, Jesus shows us a love that goes way beyond just loving others as we want them to love us. The golden rule. His love takes the initiative, reaches out to us when we least deserve it, pursues lost sheep, waits for prodigal children, delights in giving us a second chance, and rescues us from our bondage to sin. And this love reaches its full glory on the cross. Jesus shows us a love that is costly and goes way, way beyond the golden rule. It demands our souls, our lives, our all. And this morning I want us to notice one more thing about our Lord's new commandment. Verse 35. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, this is very interesting. Elsewhere, Jesus teaches us to love our neighbors and to love our enemies. But here, Jesus clearly makes our love for each other inside the church. Here at East Chestnut Street, Mennonite Church. I got it. 
our love for each other inside this church is to be the distinguishing mark by which the world will know that we are his disciples or not. This kind of love, it's been said, is the foundational doctrine of the church. And what this means, dear friends, is that there is no greater heresy than for us as Christians to fail to love each other. There is no greater heresy than for Christians to love each other. Jesus teaches us that our witness to the world begins with how we love each other here in this church. By this, everyone will know, Jesus says. You hear the missional aspect to our love for each other? By this, everyone in the world will know. And dear friends, right now, the whole world is watching us Mennonites. Just Google Chester Wenger. The whole world is watching us. As we grapple with whether same-sex relationships and marriages are to be forbidden or to be blessed in the church. And the way that we conduct this conversation within our families, within the church, within our conference and denomination, will make the love of God either believable or not to the watching world. What will it be? You see, our church, East Chestnut, is precisely the place where we all get to learn and to train in loving widely and deeply and boldly, just like Jesus. East Chestnut is our school of love. It's here at East Chestnut, as Kate said so beautifully, that we get to be a school of love for Noah and Leah and all of our kids. It's here at East Chestnut that we get the chance to learn how to love like Jesus from beloved elders like Luke Wenger and Ada Lehman and Marcus Smucker. From Luke, we learn that we can keep on loving to the end. Keep on growing in Christ's love. Even if our body is wasting away. From Ada Lehman, we learn the beauty of a life lovingly devoted to public service in our local schools. From Marcus, we learn that it is possibly possible to passionately love the church even as we devote our whole lives to its transformation.
Finally, and this one is a bit paradoxical, it's here at East Chestnut that we learn that loving others as Jesus loved us is impossible. on our own. My dear seminary prof Willard Swartley said that the best translation of Jesus' commandment, his new commandment is this, love one another with the love with which I have loved you. Let me say that again. Love one another with the love with which I have loved you. You see, the discovery that we are unable to love in this way, what does it do? Well, it can lead to a lost faith. But it can also spur us to enter more deeply into relationship with God for the new infusions of love that we need. Dare I quote... Bob Dylan in a, in a sermon here, as Bob Dylan sang long ago, I need a shot of love. I need a shot of love. And so we prayerfully turn to our divine source where love flows eternally on tap. In our dear Lord in foot washing has given us a wonderful chance not just to talk about love. It's so easy to do that, to preach about it. But he wants us to train in it with our bodies. As we wash each other's feet today, he wants us to have the chance to feel this love and to grow in our ability to love in this way. And for most of us, washing each other's feet is never going to be a comfortable thing. certainly isn't for me. And I don't know of a church that hasn't talked at some point about doing away with it. Our worship commission had that conversation two weeks ago. Should we do this? It's awkward, and it makes us feel out of control, just like Peter. But foot washing helps us and our kids to learn kinesthetically that when we get down on our knees to serve each other, this is what the love of Christ is like. And He wants His love to be so formed into our muscle memory that it becomes our first instinct in this coming week as we face that difficult situation that is before us. Whether at home, or work, or school. 
when that difficult situation comes, and it will, folks, we want to be ready to love with the love of Jesus. Amen. We now want to enter into an extended time of singing. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, you are welcome to leave your row by the center aisle for foot washing. And let me extend a special, special invitation to our kids and our youth to join and participate with us. Now listen carefully, this is a little complicated. Women and girls, please come into the center aisle and then, I'm not even going to get this right. (laughs) Women, come into the center aisles and you will come forward on this side of the center aisle to the front for foot washing. You're right. I got it wrong. Thank you. Women, you'll come down this side to the front. And men, you will go to the back down this side. And then when you are finished washing feet, you can return to your seats by the outer aisle. We invite you to move gracefully and slowly and in love. Because there will be many opportunities for making way for each other in love. And I invite you, as we do all of this slowly and gracefully, to see the body of Christ in action. Jonathan will now lead us in our first hymn. And if you would announce the number, Jonathan.